Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we are going over, what is this, episode 49B? Okay, we're calling this 49B because we were actually on Learning Curve this week, and somehow our numbers got off a couple weeks ago, and obviously uh, next week's episode is Point of View, which is episode 50 of the series, and we don't want to be off in our number counting. That's right. So this is 49B, 49.2. Two, part, take two. Be ready to have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> Season three, episode five, Learning Curve. Learning Curve. A.K.A. Fun is fun. Fun is fun. Because there's so much more to this episode. Teach me how to have fun. How do I fun at things? Uh, yeah, there's some interesting moral questions in this no episode. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Learning Curve first aired on July 23rd, 1999. Uh, it was directed by Heather E. Ash, who this is her first episode. She oh, writes right four more. Cool. Um, and directed by Martin Wood, who we know. Martin Wood. Martin Wood. Uh, so there's a, a couple of, obviously there's a ton of guest stars in this one. Yes. Um, a lot of our kids, but two, well, a couple of them, Andrew Arlie, Airly, sorry, who uh, played Kaylin. I remember him from 4400. I'm sure the one thing that <laughs> Grace just read what's on my notes. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Um, I don't know how to read. Most recently, or not, like, he was Christian Grey's father in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Let's keep moving. <laughs> yep. Um, but Brittany Urban, who plays Marin, um, she's, <laughs> if you would like to know how old Nixie was while watching Stargate the first time, uh-huh. she's like two months younger than me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that seems perfect. As I looked this up, I noticed we have, uh, you know, it's basically the age I was while watching Stargate the that first time. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, it reminds me of um, uh, Boyfriend Jesse Makes Fun of the fact that I have the movie The Good Son oh. and I love it <laughs> and he's like that movie is a joke but when I watched it I was the same age as Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin exactly so it was a fucking scary ass movie yes <laughs> and that stays with you forever that may or may not have been when I fell in love with Elijah Wood yeah I think I've been watching since before I can't remember if The Adventures of Huck Finn came out before or after that but I don't know I do remember like, Elijah Wood was one of those who I, like, had seen before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I was but pure, let's face totally it. in love with him. Like yeah. I said, I, mean, I saw him in things beforehand. Yeah. Uh, he was Frodo. That's so, fair. So, therefore... Yeah. That's fair. He is Frodo, but he was also in the Ice Storm. And I was, I do like the Ice Storm. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was a Tolkien fan for a really long time. So well, I'll admit, fair. I, I like, I was like Frodo. I make, mean, I don't know Elijah Wood. I know Frodo. <laughs> it was. What's he doing in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I have, get back to the Shire. <laughs> get back to the Shire. Anyways. Um, but Brittany also does a lot of voiceover work, um, including My Little Pony. Oh, yes. Yes. I knew I liked her. Uh, I don't remember what character. She wasn't even <laughs> the main characters, but. Um, and she has a bit part in one of my first favorite first season Supernatural episodes, Hell House. 
the one where, like where like social media makes it a haunted house. Oh, in the first wow! Season. Yeah. yeah, man, it's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and you know she's again in um the Vancouver spot the actor in science fiction gotcha. group. So I love I it. Gotcha. And ten years after this aired, she was in Smallville as Stargirl. And oh. also in that episode, or one of the episodes she's Stargirl, one of the episodes also had Hawkman, played by Michael Shanks. What? Yes. Michael Shanks has done things after Stargate? Yes, he has. <laughs> I need to find this. Well, he's actually on a um, Canadian medical drama right now. What? I think it's called <laughs> Saving Hope. I don't know. It, it oh. aired for like one season here in the U.S. and it's continued on in Canada. Oh, I'm, I'm finding this. We're yeah. watching this. He basically is like Michael the <laughs> attractive surgeon. Got it. He's the George Clooney, if he's you will. He's the George Clooney, if you will. <laughs> or the McDreamy. Yeah, well, I would say more McDreamy, but yeah. I got it. But again, you have to wait. You can't watch that yet ah! because you can't see what you... We're keeping her... Like, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm not even letting her look up what the actors <laughs> no, currently look like. No, I can't even like. IMDb things. No. I, I've got, like, safety because settings on my internet Because let's face it, browser. some of the actors have a transformation. Sure. And so, you know, <laughs> I didn't even tell her that Michael Shanks cut his hair. No, that so. was a big deal. That was a big deal in my life. The hair drape work was gone. So. All of a sudden, we weren't in the 90s anymore. I was not in my Like, I'm not letting her look up what Christopher Judge looks like anymore, anything like this. Yes, so. I want to know more. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and actually one of the uh, Uron that we mean this episode, mm. Solon, actually is Dan Shea's daughter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool stuff. I just find that fun. Uh, I didn't actually know that until I looked it up. And her younger sister actually shows up later in a little bit parts too. I dig so, it. Yeah. Right on. The Shea family is a Stargate family. All the fun things. Alrighty, so before this episode starts, I'm just going to get the history according to Star Trek, Stargate, <laughs> about the Aztecs done now. Um, yes. Apparently, well, up until midway through the episode, uh-huh. we, we assume that the Oban are Orban are descended from the Aztec. I don't really know how casting didn't get that memo. Yeah. I don't they think. They had no idea that they maybe should use something other than blonde, blue-eyed children. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> casting may have not gotten the memo yeah. of these are descendant from the Aztecs. Yeah. Maybe, it, you know, let's give them some credit. Maybe it changed halfway through and they were maybe. like, oh, we're just going to add this we're in We're just going to go with it. Um, but, yeah. So, we're go- that's the one note we'll make of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, because if we go any further... <laughs> I may or may not get more irritated. <laughs> Why um, didn't they just cast me? I was little. You were that age. <laughs> I would have been. Perfect. You would have been a great marriage. Yeah. But it kicks some ass. Um, but anyway, the obviously Aztec, as most know, from central Mexico um, and sort of in their height from the 14th to 16th centuries. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I, as this normally goes, I start off just looking at it as a broad, you know, overview mm-hmm. of a culture, and I tend to find one little section yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I go down, go down that rabbit hole. This is the part that I found. This is what caused the rabbit hole. So in the 13th century, uh, the heart of the Aztec civilization was in the Valley of Mexico, the city of Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan. So close. Close enough. <laughs> the Nochtitlan. I apologize for anyone who can actually pronounce... Listen, uh, the Nahuatl language is not easy. No. It is not easy. Look, I'm, I'm a completely Mexican kid, grew up <laughs> speaking Spanish, but these words are not in Spanish. So these this words is, are in Nahuatl, and it is a difficult language. This is my bastardization. <laughs> I'm trying, people. Um, anyways, it's on. it was on the lake of Texacoco. 
Um, so I looked up where Texacoco is now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, Google Maps, you just sent me to the middle, middle of Mexico City. Mm-hmm. That's clearly not right. So right. I typed it in again and it sent me to the middle of Mexico City. Yep. Hey, guys. It's literally just Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> they oh, yeah. just, there is no lake anymore. <laughs> yeah. There's an entire, I remember a song when I was little uh, that we would sing. Um, and mind you, I went to school here in the States. Yeah. But still, there's a song that we were taught in music class where it was, the song kind of told you what, why the Mexican flag looks the way it does. I cover that too. Oh, I'm going to oh, let you get there. Yeah, no, this is part of the rabbit hole I fell yes. down. Okay, keep going. Like keep going. Oh, this is so exciting. The emblem of Mexico. Yes. Of why it is. Done okay. and done. Okay, so... Um, but anyways, I spent probably about five to ten minutes before I realized that, oh, there's just no lake there anymore. Right, right. <laughs> Lakes uh, dry up. So, but the valley is like the fertile, um, oh, I just blanked in my mind, went to, what's the, the Great Valley from Land Before Time? Like, oh, it was the Great yeah. Valley, oh, yeah, man. yeah, it was, yeah. It's been inhabited for at least 12,000 years uh, because it's super nice there. It was a valley, the weather was great, yeah. there was water, they could, you know, as soon as we got around to planting shit they could plant shit um and then by the time the spaniards arrived it was actually the one of the highest population epicenters in the world there was a million people living there that's a lot of peeps um by you know by the time they were doing that whole conquest thing in, in <laughs> 1519 uh, and they renamed it mexico city um so that is and it's after they took over that the five lakes that were all connected so they just started draining them <laughs> and slowly took it over. And now there's like 21 million people living in the metropolitan area. There is. And there's a little bit left of the floating gardens. Oh, is there? Yeah. And there's, it's called uh, Xochimilco, okay. which I will not try to spell. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but uh, it probably starts with an X. Um, but if you, you know, if you Google Mexico City and like floating gardens, just to save yourself the trouble of the, of trying to figure out how to spell Xochimilco, <laughs> you'll see some really cool looking stuff. That's awesome. Anyway, I dig it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, but okay. So, but back to the Aztecs yes. before the whole conquest thing. Um, the the name actually applied to like there's several different people that mm-hmm. all went under the Aztec flag name. Sure. The largest of which is the Mexica people, mm-hmm. and they are the ones that lived in what is now Mexico City. Mm-hmm. To save me from pronouncing that name again, um, <laughs> and also you know the Nazi lent, clan. Ne- also, you know, they they also kind of lent their name to the country as a yeah. whole. Yeah, remember that time that there day. was a country named after you? Yeah. How badass would that be? Exactly. <laughs> to like come back hundreds of years later and be like, "What are you talking about? They named the entire country after us." I know. How fucking sick is that? Okay, so and this is written. Even the the flag and the emblem has an eagle. Yes. Sitting on a prickly pear cactus, eating a snake. Yes. So this was a like a legendary vision that was shown to the Mexico people in 1323, I think. Yeah, it was was an old legend saying this is where you will find home. Yeah, this is where you build, and so that's where they built. (laughs) It was their very own field of dreams, if you will. (laughs) If you build it, they will come. Is this heaven? No, it's Tecachnish. Yeah. I'm not even going to fix that one. I don't like it. The Nochtitlan. I'm, I'm, yeah. Anyway, so. Practice. I'm going to name my firstborn that just to fuck with you. And that will live by a nickname forever. Forever. Um, so there was this infamous Aztec Triple Alliance that formed between them, Texaco, and the Tiacopan. 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 So... 
Texcoco, Tiacopan, and Tenochtitlan. Yes, so they basically dominated the entire Valley of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Their power was from the Gulf of Mexico to the Pacific Ocean. Like, yep. they were it. Like, they were the power structure. Remember the phrase, eminent domain? Yes. They coined it. Exactly. <laughs> they just took shit out. Roman Empire? Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Aztec Empire. Yeah. Um, it was at its height in 1519, which just happens to be when this dude named her Dando Cortez made friends with the longtime enemies of the Aztecs, uh-huh. the Texacla? Texacla. Tlaxcala. Uh, and yeah, they arrived on November 8th of that year, knocking on the doors <laughs> to take a New Mexico, old Mexico City. <laughs> Istanbul, not Constantinople. Um, <laughs> and hostilities, tensions grew. There was a massacre of the Great Temple, the death of Montezuma II. It got worse and worse and worse and worse until on August 12th of 1521, the destruction of the entire city. Big deal. Yep, and that's when they basically went, you know how this, we don't really like this lake here. Yeah. Let's just build over this. Let's just, uh, we're just going to take shit and deal with it. From that point on, things went downhill quickly. We, if you, if you know the story of what happens to the indigenous people of, you know, the United States, basically <laughs> the same shit happened yeah. there. We've all heard this story before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, these guys were in technology and Art, a culture and art powerhouse in the in the world, yes. and you know, I know when I was learning history of the world, this was like an afterthought. But really, these people did it better than anyone else in a lot of they cases. They did some really awesome stuff, you know. And 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 to to move forward in time, one of the really cool things about this culture is that. People have kept it. Yeah. If you go to Mexico City now and, and you look at the art and yeah. you look at the, you know, the, it's the stuff that's developed, it's, man, this bloodline is strong with this, whatever the spirit is. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you think of, like, the greats like Frida Kahlo and people like that, yeah. the stuff that they incorporate into their work You can is, see this direct correlation yeah, that's the, been going yeah. back hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, it's some pretty bitchin' shit. Um, <laughs> like, I could go into this and it would cover this entire episode. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I would not be one to stop you no because I, I love it <laughs> I, I love the artwork it was so like detailed and so iconic and so like i mean let's face it their religion was a little more bloody than some of the ones we see today i like to use the word fierce uh there's very fierce there's the old and again i don't remember if this is the aztec the maya or maybe it was a combination of both as to why the pyramids were so steep Oh, so that the blood would drain down. Yeah, so the heads would not stop halfway down. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling. Um, I don't know if that's myth or or truth, but I like it. To me, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, maybe it wasn't intentionally done that way, but it was a convenient Yeah, what I think part of it was that you had to struggle to get closer to the gut. Exactly. Um, And the, what language is that? Uh, Nahuatl. The Nahuatl language is still spoken by one and a half million people today. Yeah. Um, and we still kind of speak it because things like chocolate and tomato are bastardized through Spanish language to yeah. get to us now. Anytime you see a T and an L in a weird place, <laughs> it probably comes back to the Nahuatl language. Yeah, probably. In, fa- in fact, every time I say the word Seattle, I feel like I should be <laughs> saying it like Seattle, like 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 it's gotta have that Nahuatl. It's that weird like tongue got stuck motion. It's in the back of your. Th- yeah. somehow that yeah. tongue just gets a little stuck in delayed response it's like you're trying to talk while swallowing mm-hmm. is the best way i can uh, describe yeah, it that and that's basically why i <laughs> trip over things that i've tried to say today next week we'll make nixie roll her arse 
Grace is one of these people who, in my life, has been trying to teach me how to roll an R. I took Spanish. You would never know it, but I took Spanish for, like, four years. Yeah. Uh, well, and my selling point is, you know, that Scottish heritage. Yeah, I have you Scottish heritage. R's, yeah. They roll R's over there, guys. <laughs> I have never been able to roll an R. I have never been able to purr, like, that purr sound. It's never... I've had multiple people try to teach this to me who it comes naturally to them. You know, I've had native speakers try to teach this to me. It is never successfully I've never been able to roll an R. I don't care how drunk you get me, I can't roll a goddamn R. I'm pretty sure I'm missing the gene. Um, but yeah. So, um... We have a brief interlude into the episode before I get back to history, because we start the episode yes. on Arban. There's clearly no child labor laws on this planet, because kids are just working everywhere, cleaning up the yeah. Orban gate room, uncovering lost art, and for some reason there's a red Stargate. So Yeah, I thought that. I was like, why is it red? There's fun things here. I like how they just don't, like, mention why it's red. They never really address it. No, They're like, eh, it's, it's red. red now. Um, Teal'c and Jack come through the gate, and Daniel points out that these kids are Uron. They're like apprentices, and they're everywhere. Gotcha. Um, and so this is where he mentions his bracelet that has Chaktu Webeke. Nah, not too bad. Not okay. Too bad. Uh, what's, what's funny is that the reason I could pronounce that one more is because I basically just wrote out what Daniel said <laughs> and how he said it. Um, but she is an Aztec goddess of water, rivers, streams, yes. seas, storms. Her name means jade her skirt or she of the jade skirt. Mm, and That part um, I did not know. Yeah, and she is just a personification of beauty. She's a fertility goddess. And she's usually seen... Uh, as a flowing river producing prickly pear trees full of fruit. And the fruit is a symbol of the human heart sacrifice to the goddess. Done. Now, the flag of Mexico has a prickly pear tree. And it what looks like it's sitting on like a blue field that could be seen as it's a water. river. Yep. Which I made the connection as I was doing this. So she is maybe a goddess that's on there. Flag. Well, yeah, the eagle was always a representation. So the idea, if I remember, and I am solely working off memory here, guys. Go so for there it. may be a lot of wrong I things I work here. off memory half the time. <laughs> but if I remember, it was the idea that you had to look for the... Um, you were supposed to be looking for the cactus in the middle of the water. And they yeah. were like, that's fucking insane because yeah. cactus grow in dry places yeah. and that's not a thing we're going to find. And uh, and they do. And they find the eagle that lands on the cactus and the eagle kind of guides them. And there's the idea that the eagle is some sort of god. Okay. But I don't remember if it's supposed to be her or if it's somebody else. But that makes sense yeah. that maybe that, you know, that is a male deity and this is the female deity. And yeah. she became, this became her symbol because she's the fertility right. goddess and she's the water goddess. So right. that, I guess, makes sense because came her symbol after the yeah. fact. Um, but no, it's, 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 I remember then the song was like, that's what the Aztecs were looking for. Because that song was in English and in Spanish, and you had to remember it all, and we had, we sang it at some sort of, like, Christmas program or something. I just, I just love the, the idea that the fruit were a symbol of the human hearts that you sacrificed to her. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty great. And if you, if you ever eat a prickly pear, uh, make sure somebody peels it for you if you don't know what you're doing, because otherwise, pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a pufferfish. Yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, pain. Um, but yeah, it stains. It oh, stains it? blood red. Yeah. Uh, also, it's delicious. Are these uh, the th- are okay? Are they like sweet? They are very sweet. Yeah. I think I actually got these some of these at the Spanish market. So now the thing is, when you 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 buy them peeled. 
Okay, we didn't buy them peeled. Okay, and then they have seeds. Like, while you eat them, okay, there's seeds in maybe, them. Maybe I did peel. Are they, like, greenish on the outside? They're not. They're red. Okay. Dang, yeah. I will get us some prickly pear, and we will post because pictures Because I had something, and I didn't know what these were, and I was just curious, so I wanted to eat them. And she was like, no, they're very sweet. And I was like, so these would be good to, like, put in my, my oatmeal and stuff in the morning? She's like, yeah. And oh, we okay. ended up instead mixing them with some drinks. Oh, that's a great idea. That's yeah. actually a good thing to do with prickly pear. Okay, maybe these <laughs> secretly were prickly pear. We're anyway, gonna make um, some prickly pear drinks. Dang, I wish you'd have made us some sort of tequila drink today. Oh, I know. Okay, our imaginary drink today <laughs> is tequila and coffee. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> wow, that sounds delicious. I know it actually does. I you you, know I should have made us that, a baloma. That coffee yeah. patron. Uh huh. If you've never had the coffee patron, I've never had that. Uh, you're gonna have to get I'm some coffee this down patron. Anyways, and this is happening. so the chatuipake <laughs> is also a very important um, to childbirth and to midwives, and there is apparently like all of this like ritual that went into childbirth and the worship of her and all this kind of stuff. So right on. Um. Anyways, so the episode. Um. The Oron and the Tauri are going to have a culture and knowledge exchange. Mirren and uh, Kalan are going to bring an aqua reactor back to Earth, and Sam is very excited to study it. Mm-hmm. And Teal'c's going to stay here, make friends, share his knowledge, because Teal'c is a friend maker. Yeah, that's exactly what I think of when I think of Teal'c. <laughs> All the time. So back at the SGC, Sam is already fangirling to Hammond. <laughs> She's like, the Oban have done more than a few decades than it took humans on Earth a century to do. They haven't quite gotten the gold level of technology yet. Maybe we'll soon, though. So Jack, Kaylin, and Mirren come through the gates and basically hand over this reactor and go, have fun! We'll see you in a bit! <laughs> and they're very confused, and Sam's like, so are you gonna show me how to use this? Yeah. You're gonna teach me? They don't really understand what teach means, which is the first sign that something's off. Yeah. Um, and Kaylin doesn't have the knowledge of the reactor, but this little girl does. Yeah. In case anyone's wondering what that sound is. Yeah, if you hear a pig onking in the background, (laughs) uh, 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 Kaylee has a a stuffed hedgehog named Sonic, (laughs) who she quite enjoys gnawing on. I promise that's not one of us making that noise. (laughs) Yeah, that that is her, 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 that's Sonic, her stuffed hedgehog. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Because if we're going to get her a stuffed hedgehog, there's only one thing it's going to be named. Right. Dig it, man. It's the same thing. If it was a warthog, it would be named Pumbaa. Um... (laughs) So anyway, before Sam can show Mirren to the lab, though, she has to go checked out by Janet. Standard operating procedure. Mirren totally understands. And this is, I think, my second favorite exchange in the entire episode. (laughs) Jack's like, so Mirren, I understand you're a reactor expert. She goes, yes. Jack's like, how old are you? She's like, I'm 11. How old are you? <laughs> Jack just responds with, so, Marin, I understand yeah. you're a reactor None expert. GD business, Marin. <laughs> exactly. Um, back on Orban, though, Daniel is following some snake mosaic underneath the DHD, and Daniel just scrapes rock over the mosaic, and I kind of flinch. Yeah, don't don't chop from nails. That's, don't do that. First of all, I'm also like, you're an archaeologist uncovering like ancient artwork. Maybe yeah. not slide the rock over the artwork yeah. you're trying to... Maybe try to lift it off yeah. of there. <laughs> Grab Teal'c, you can probably lift it no problem by himself. <laughs> um, but Kalen brings Teal'c his son, Tomin, and he is Uron as well, and he is here. Teal'c will tell him about the gold. Yeah. Daniel asks Kalen um, where this other apprentice is that he was working with earlier, but she's gone. It was past her time for the avarium. Mm-hmm. It's like a graduation. Yeah. 
Um, the fact that they call it, see, to me it sounded like ovarium. Yeah. Can we not call it that? That's, and that's actually what I actually thought that they were saying until I realized, <laughs> I think it actually starts with an A. Oh, good. Because But it's, it sounds like ovarium. Yeah. It sounds like ovary. Pass her through the ovaries. Don't. That's painful. She's already been passed through that once. <laughs> yeah. Um... So they, and then they go off to see the city from the period of Pyramid of Sons as a God. little dude date. Um, <laughs> so Toman studies Teal'c and observes his physical characteristics and thinks he now understands why the gold are so feared. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if I were a little kid looking at Teal'c, I might be a little afeared as well. I just love <laughs> how cute Toman and Teal'c are in this yeah. episode. <laughs> well, and I do, again, another thing of, like, names sounding similar to other names. This kid's name is Toman, which is too close to Tomnin. Yeah. Which just, I'm like, please don't jump out any windows. Yeah. Also, spoilers. Yeah. GOT watchers. <laughs> <laughs> That's under a spoiler field there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, back at the infirmary, Janet is finishing up some blood samples, and Jack mistakenly calls Mirren a rocket scientist. <laughs> She's not a rocket scientist, and we get it, I think, my first favorite exchange. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to do this word for word, but Mirren yeah. asks... He, she's like, so, Jack, you're not a scientist? He's like, no. He goes, so you're not as smart as Sam and Janet? He yeah. goes, well, but while they were in school, he, I was having fun. Yeah. There's no good answer here, Jack. No. You just you just kind of just walk out of the room. Yeah. You are not as book smart nope. as Sam or Janet. Um, and round two of something is off because she doesn't know what school is and doesn't understand that they weren't always as smart as they are now. Yeah. There's an interesting... Uh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah, something's going on. When you come to find out that they're in our nanites, you should be more worried about this girl doesn't know what school or fun or teach or learn is. Yeah. Probably more so than the nanites. Yeah, where's a social worker when you need Exactly. One? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Amir doesn't know what fun is, and he's like, things that make you happy. And Sam's like, but learning about the reactor is fun. Yeah. And we're, he's just like, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Knock Get out of here. Yeah. I don't, go I have can't. some actual fun. You people don't know what fun is. <laughs> um, so Toman and Teal'c. I feel like he should be saying this while playing with Legos. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Just something <laughs> that's like, just to drill the point home that Jack is not a man of numbers. No, and he's letters. not. <laughs> um, but Toman and Teal'c are having this nice little sit down, learning about the gold. And Toman thinks that if Teal'c dies, that would be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I love, I don't know why I love these two together. They're just so it's a pretty cool little uh, relationship they've established here. Um, so we get this gra- great matte painting of, in, like, of the oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 of the pyramids. It looks it's gorgeous. Um, we don't get it. We get this isn't a show that we get more matte paintings than I think some other shows, but we right. just don't get the classic matte paintings enough. So this is really gorgeous. This is yeah, it's fun times. Um, and Daniel is super excited because he re- had the realization that these people are not Aztec. The construction of the pyramids confirms they are from Teotihuacan. That's not bad. That's yeah. a lot fun, yeah. Again, this is the one that I just repronounced what Daniel said. <laughs> I wrote it down phonetically. Um, gotcha. They actually predated the Aztecs. And the mosaic under the DHD, he said, is a narrative. And what's under the actual DHD could tell him how they came to Orban. Convenient that the one piece of information you need is underneath this giant, heavy... Thing. Now, I have to say, that's a pretty great uh, approach to that, because if you think of, um, you know, what we found out, the Aztec calendar, yeah. that's essentially a storytelling device. Exactly. So it makes sense. Oh, yeah. These, yeah. The, uh, that is part of the reason why I love um, the artwork uh, so much, is because 
it is it is narrative artwork and i love i love like symbology and shit in art yeah yeah, like it makes me happy on the inside um i think that's because i'm a designer and i love like iconography so much that it makes me happy it's all symbolism yeah um so you know kaylin tells daniel to explain it to toman as kaylin just leaves like he just turned around bolts um and so Danny does, he explains it that the city was a religious and economic mecca before severing this great upheaval in 750. So Daniel thinks that that's where the Oban came from and that the arrival of the Gould actually caused Teotihuacan's downfall. Another reason to hate the freaking Gould. I know! Another flippin' reason! So Teotihuacan. Thank you. Is about- See, okay, I will give you one hint. If you say it fast, it's easier. I actually just was trying to say, like, Walk-in at the end, like Christopher Walken. Uh, I don't know why. Delthy Walken. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, it makes sense. So it's about 30 miles out from modern-day Mexico City, mm-hmm. and they have some amazing pyramids still standing, like the yeah. archaeological... It's like an archaeological gold mine here. Yes. Um, and they include a pyramid of the sun and a pyramid of the moon. So earlier in the episode where they're going to the pyramid of the suns, yes. direct correlation there. Yeah. Um, it was established around 100 BCE and lasted to, like, the 7th or 8th century. So that sort of falls with when Daniel said the great upheaval was. Cool. And... Um, at the peak of it was around like four four fifty CE, I think. Um, okay. And the place actually, this was cool that the place was essentially a mythological place by the time the Aztecs rose, rose up. And okay. a couple things I read actually said that a lot of the Aztecs believed that this is where the gods created the universe was oh. from this city because it was already. It was already essentially an archaeological site by the time the Aztecs rose yeah. up. That so there was just already something there. Exactly. That's where aliens happen. And that's where, yes. They're coming back. Yes. The end. The crystal skull. <laughs> I mean, uh... Never! <laughs> the movie doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Listen, if it wasn't, if it wasn't an Indiana Jones movie, the movie wouldn't be bad if you cut up one character. It, but whatever yes. his stupid name is. Yes. Yeah. It's if not you, the worst movie I've ever no. seen. Oh, and honestly, I think if it wasn't an Indiana Jones film, yeah. people would view it in a much favorable You're right. light. You're absolutely right. It's because there's such high standards for indie, uh-huh. is why, and it fell short of indie standards, which is why it has a bad rap. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that trilogy was complete. Yes. There was no need to do any more to it. We, we don't need another movie, guys. We don't need another um, hero. I'm about to start singing. <laughs> we don't need another... Okay, I'm I, will, I will be honest, though. Um, however, if... Um, if um, oh, shit. Who are they wanting to cast as the new... Chris Pratt? Yeah. If they I'm cast okay Chris that. Pratt, I'm fine with more Listen, I I will watch Chris Pratt do anything. I was about to say Chris Pine, and my head knows it. I mean, I clearly I know the difference between Chris Pratt and Chris Pine. However, I love them equally enough that every once in a while well, I'm just on, I'm just on name. Imager too often, so I keep going to say Chris Pratt, which is what they call him on Imager. And so I have to make myself say Chris and then Pratt. Chris so Pratt. in Sam's lab, Sam is trying to understand the reactor. It's not coming easy for her though, okay. because this is a very complex thing that has built very usually. So Sam tries to break it down in a different way, attack the problem from a different direction. Yeah. And that doesn't compute for Marin. Right. Like, she doesn't understand how to approach a puzzle in different directions. Yeah, this is... Oh, my brain starts going right here, but I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna bring all this up at the end, but this is immediately where I start... 
I'll say this. The idea of info dumping yeah. is a lot of what we're doing in schools today. Yes. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> um, and so Sam tries to, she like, Sam drags her along to focus on a different perspective. And she slowly starts breaking it down and understanding it so she can essentially build on herself. Mm-hmm. But then Janet wants to see Marin again. Just routine Just uh, stuff. Just a big deal. But actually, Marin's blood work has traces of silicon, trinium, and other elements she's never seen before. Mm-hmm. And even Jack knows that's bad. Yeah. Janet found out why, though. Mirren has nanites in her blood. There's millions of them, and they've infested her brain. So We've dealt with nanites before. This is not good things. No. Um, because, remember, it's basically the STD that Jack got. Yeah. Yep. Nanite and STD. Death. Yeah. So Hannah puts the base on Threatcom Bravo. They're going to get blood work from everyone to see how far it's spread. And Mirren's like, whoa, 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 back the train up. Uh, <laughs> like, my nanoprocessors are not are completely harmless to you. And yeah. Sam's like, look, we've run into these before. Like, they've rapidly aged Jack because he had sex with an alien. And the entire population <laughs> was aging quickly. And then Jack just groans. <laughs> he's yeah, like, don't, like don't remind me. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Marin says that these nanites, though, were created in Orbanian Lab 49 years ago. It's how they acquired knowledge. Each citizen gets a nanite after the uh, after every ovarium. Our own children are given millions of them at birth, and so that's way they, how they learn vast amounts of information very quickly. It's done when they're infants um, it, because it's before neural pathways are established, and they act as you know additional synapses. It's why they can learn so quickly. Um, they don't age them. They can't leave the brain. Yeah. Learn being the wrong word to use yes. there, but sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and Janet's like, but we found some in your blood. And Marin's like, yeah, when one malfunctions, it's cast off. It's absorbed by the bloodstream, but they're inactive. They can't harm anyone. Yeah. Um, and she's like, look, I'm sorry if it alarmed anyone. Do you want me to go back to my planet? Totally good. Totally no understandable. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly everything's okay. Just turn back to work. That we yeah. all completely buy that. No, no, we're totally yeah. We're we're just gonna trust this random kid. Yeah, this incredibly smart random. Kid. Hammond still wants blood samples Good. though, to be sure. Yeah. Um, back in Orban, Toman comes to his father and wants to undergo the ovarium early. He's supposed to have six more months because when he turns twelve. But Toman thinks that the information he has about the gold is really important, and it has to be acted on now. And I need ovarium. Yeah, basically, basically I need to hand this off. So in Sam's lab, Mirren notices Sam's flowers, which are somehow super happy and growing inside of a mountain. And then darkness. I think they're They're so fake. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're totally fake flowers. Those aren't real flowers. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Sam has the start of her own reactor and she wants Mirren to... Either that or Sam's made up some secret thing that she's told nobody about. Like her little backup plan (laughs) for when the SGC goes kaput. Yeah, Yeah. she's actually dealing with some like, you know, genetically modified flowers. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna, when the shit hits the van, I'm going to go... GMO violence! Yeah. (laughs) Um, Done. So, she really wants Mirren to draw, make a sketch of the core for her. And Mirren's like, I don't compute what you ask. What is draw? I don't know. Uh, She's like, I've never been required to draw before. And she and Sam's like everyone draws it's easy and so she draws a stick figure. Yeah, Sam. Clearly, it's not at, that easy. <laughs> Sam's not very good at it at all. Still better drawing than Teal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Fair. Um, so she just needs a basic representation of the core. Marin reluctantly agrees, but she needs larger paper. And Marin sets to work making a whole bunch of lines where while well, Sam looks tired. 
Yeah. So back in the Orban Gate room, Daniel is uncovering the mosaic when Teal comes up. Apparently, uh, what Daniel found proves that the Gould were here sometime in the last few hundred years. Although, I don't understand how that design could prove that because mm-hmm. it doesn't look Gouldy to me. Right. It looks... It doesn't look like... Nothing. No. Yeah. No. It looks a bunch of nothing. You're making shit up. Uh-huh. Um, so, Kaylin enters with a new Uron and asks Teal'c to see... To tell Solon about the methods to fight the gold, The weapons, strategies, anything that could be of use. Mm-hmm. And Teal'c's like, well, it would be easier to continue this conversation with Toman. I already gave him the earlier information. Right. Um, but Kaylin's like, well, he's unavailable. You'll talk to Solon. She'll learn. And yeah, he's like... The end. N- no. <laughs> no. And Caitlin's like, well, no, he's already undergone the ovarium. Yeah. He's useless and to us. at this point, he looks like, take me to him now. Yeah. I want to see him Which, if you now. see a giant teal coming at you, yeah. you do whatever he says. Exactly. Yeah. So back in Sam's lab, Jack, Jack walks in as Mirren is standing up on a chair reaching for more paper. I can only assume this is a swivel chair and it's super safe, guys. Oh, yeah. No, it's always yeah. the safest thing to do. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't ask Sam for more paper because Sam is asleep. <laughs> and Jack has great fun waking her up again. Um, the drawing Mirren has done are, like, crazy precise. These are technical drawings done. She basically printed out something yes. off a computer. They're essentially intricate. She's doing cross-sections because she couldn't repli- replicate the three-dimensional core. Yeah. So yeah. Jack's like, enough. You guys have been at this for 24 hours. It's time to rest. Yeah. Um, Marin's like, no, we're on children. You require very little sleep. And Sam <laughs> is horribly jealous of this. She's like, okay. Jack's like, okay, fine. Sam, you sleep. Marin, if no sleep, Fun. Yeah. She's like, no, I need more paper and pencils. I was really hoping he was going to take us to like a ball game. Yeah. That would have been great. That like been a good. like a Ferris Bueller day off type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been great too. Yeah, been <laughs> this is a hot dog. Yeah. Eat it. Eat it. Enjoy it. Don't ask what's in it. Have tummy aches forever. Here is ice cream. <laughs> um... So, back on Arban, we see Toman. He's sitting on a bunk, fidgeting. He doesn't recognize Teal'c or Daniel. Uh, and Kaylin explains the ovarium to him. The nanites are removed and distributed, and each adult and each non-neuron child is given a nanite. He mm-hmm. literally gives his knowledge. Right. And it was apparently a very beautiful ceremony. Um, and now Toman will stay here with the previous Arone. They don't get played with, since they don't know what play is. Um, and they can't be taught, because they can't get new nanites. And, you know... Because the the Orba don't understand what teaching is. They don't right. understand, like, act, like the lo- teaching. Everything yeah. is done by this nanites. Well, because you've never had to. They've because, never had to. Well, they did, because they only got these nanites 50 years ago. That's fair. You know? Um, but he's like, don't worry. They're all really well cared for. And Kalen says, and his son is here in his head. Yeah, no, that's not where your son belongs. <laughs> no. You should not put your son in your head. Yeah. Um, so, Teal'c uh, joins the team back at the SGC in the briefing room. Uh, Teal'c says that, Kaylin uh, said that Toman isn't brain damaged, but he's clearly not Toman anymore. Right. And Janet agrees that if these nanites form the synapses early on in their lives, then yeah, removing them could make the children infant-like. So you, it's, you've almost got these, like, catatonic children just you hanging out. Extremely, yeah, it's exactly yeah. what you have. And I also, on a side note, just love how, how uh, Janet's just leaning on Teal'c's chair back. It's <laughs> just very, it's yeah. very sweet little thing. Uh, and Jack is already enraged at this entire situation. Um, and he, you know, once Mirren is returned to the Oban, this is what will happen to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack's like, maybe she won't go back. Because once she goes back, she's going to have her brain sucked out, and Jack dares anyone to phrase it more delicately. Right. Um, but they can't just, like, 
not return her. Uh, you know, and they can't ask for them to not harvest the nanites because they don't understand why they'd be asking that. Like, right? They, they, they're. This is so a part of their culture, and it's. It. They don't see. There's it as no wrong. wrongness to what they're exactly. doing as far as they know. Um. And uh, so, you know, Hammond wants to try the diplomatic route before they risk an interplanetary incident. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So, Kaylin is outraged at why they would make this demand, uh, and Daniel is like, look, hold your horses. No one's demanding anything here. Um, and Tilk uh, is like, look. Except for Jack, because he's kind of demanding. Well, hey, <laughs> but he's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no one here is yeah, demanding that's fair. anything. Yeah. Um, Tilk is like, we just don't think it's in our best interest. And Kaylin's like, of course it is. It's the best interest for her and the rest of the Oban. Yeah. Um, they don't see it as harming their children. They would never harm their children. I mean, look at how well cared for Toman is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kaylin at that point does demand something. He wants Mirren's return to them immediately. Right, right. So back at the SGC, Sam and Jack are trying to work on Mirren. They're trying to get her to want to stay. Um, but, you know, she says the Avarium is a great honor. And Jack tries to tell her that they will take everything that makes her her. And, and you know, she doesn't, she, to her, that's not how she sees it. To her, it's she's giving her knowledge to the rest of her people. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand why they're concerned about this. Yeah, it's, you know, it's tough it, 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 because it is their culture. Yeah. But from our point of view, from Jack's point of view, exactly. you're basically brainwashing your children yes. to think that they're doing the best thing for and everybody. This, and this goes back to, you know, we don't have the same concept as much in Stargate, but it goes back to the Star Trek Prime Directive. The, right. you know, the, the concept of not interfering with another culture's inner workings. Right. Um, and that's essentially what it is. And, and you know, especially... Here in the U.S., yeah, it's a very much a society. Oh, I was having this conversation recently with someone, probably boyfriend Jesse, where <laughs> children are placed as like the top of the pile. The yes. priority is to get the kid to soccer, exactly. get the kid to dance class, whatever it is you need for this the kid. Life revolves around the kid. Yeah, which is not the case even on other Earth cultures. No. It's like no, you're part of this this thing. You came into this exactly. You were the lowest man on the totem exactly. pole. Exactly. This existed before you. Yeah. You have to find your own place in here and yeah. make you have to find a way to make yourself work within yeah. this exactly. this organism and, that exists. And so you know it's easy to see their side if you think of it that way. It's yeah. like, well wait a minute, why shouldn't she do this? Yeah. This is what we made these children. This we is made what they're this for. Ch- yeah, this is part of why we have children. Yeah. We have children to help us learn and and in and interface with the natural world. Right. And you it's know, interesting, and I, I don't know what the right answer is, but no. it, you know, it's it's important to see those other sides. To exactly, it. like yeah. it, you know, they they to, to them they it, this is not taking away a childhood from from a child. Right. This is to them. This is basically giving children a children are serving their purpose. Well, it's also if you look at it from their side and how they look at this avarium and how they look at how these nanites work. This is not taking a childhood away from a child. This is giving a child immortality. Right. Because this child's knowledge that she has that they, that they have spent twelve years gaining is going yeah. to live forever. That's fair. Whereas a child who's not chosen to be in her own is going to you know live their lives. They'll be a functional member of society. They will take this knowledge that these other children have learned, mm-hmm. and they will then use that. But it's the knowledge that these Aron are gathering and that they're giving to other people. That's what literally is allowing this civilization to progress. Right. 
Right. So to a certain point. To I mean to a certain point, but they're using yeah. that knowledge they, yeah. because they don't learn on their own. Yeah. They don't have knowledge that these children haven't gathered. That's true. So you know it really is. I can see how that would be the most sought after place in the society is to be lucky enough that your child is going to have this immortality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then you wonder, well, how much say does this child have oh, this? Oh, I'm not. Absolutely not. This is, I'm yeah. arguing completely from, if, from oh, yeah. their viewpoints yeah. of it. Yeah, um, yeah, This is why they don't understand why this is a negative thing. Right. You know? To them, they see this as progress. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, where was I in the paragraph? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay, so Hammond and Teal'c um, come in and they pass on the word that the Orban want Miriam back. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's there trying to talk to them. And Jack's like, look, she's brainwashed and she won't accept, um, like, Jack's not going to accept her refusal to act for amnesty. Mm-hmm. Hammond's like, look, you have 48 hours. Right. And the girl's going back. Yeah, because it's ultimately not Jack's place. It's Especially not. if the kid's like, I want to go home. Exactly. Um, but, but Marin wants to return immediately and she's like, I don't need your help. Right. Just return me. I want to go home. I'm done. I'm done being here. Neither side understands the other side in this it's conversation. Fair fair Neither side can put themselves in a viewpoint to understand the other side. Mm-hmm. So Kaylin is trying to dial to earth and Daniel stops him and tries to explain the GDO and the Iris. And Kaylin wants Daniel to explain it to Solon and he refuses. He's only going to explain it to Kaylin. He's like, fine, if you don't explain it, send the goddamn code through. And Daniel's like, no. No, not doing it. No. So Kaylin is getting really frustrated at this point. And he's like, look, you say you love knowledge, but when you find something that doesn't fit into your square view of society, you demand that it changes to please you. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's like, no, it's not to please him. He's like, you guys are advanced. There's got to be another way for you to educate your people. Uh, and Kalen's like, you know, it was the happiest day of his life when Toman was selected to be your own. Before he was born, he knew that Toman would make an incredible contribution to society. He never thought of it any other way, and neither did Toman. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, Marin is the only Aron who has spent 10 years learning Nakwita technology. She started learning it when she was two. Yeah. Uh, that uh, sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's like, there are people awaiting her knowledge, and without her knowledge, they have to wait another 12 years for another Uron to learn it. And Daniel's like, well, shit, you didn't tell me that part. Yeah. He's like, but Mirren knows that. Mm-hmm. So I'm also like, how about some redundancy built into the system? Well, yeah, I mean, that's another, that's one of the many points I wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> along with the moral ambiguity of this all. <laughs> yes. Along with the moral ambiguity of this all, which we've already covered, this is a very delicate, precarious way to gain knowledge. Yes. You're basically just info dumping from yeah. one child to another. Yep. And, and putting all your resources there. Yes. You're not actually learning how to learn. No, not Which at all. is the most important part of learning. And there's also this, the idea that that knowledge and wisdom are these interconnected things of you can have all the knowledge that you want in the world, but mm-hmm. if you don't know how to use that knowledge, like the right. knowing how to use knowledge is the wisdom of it. Yes. So my, my question is, is 
are how are these interconnected? Because I can imagine these info dumping and this knowledge that these kids are having does not translate into wisdom in any way. No, it doesn't. It's just knowledge. And that's the thing is they only know what they've been told. So I to wonder I wonder if they're, they're interconnected in that these kids learn all the knowledge as fast as they can and dump it into the adults and the adults are... Kaylin may not be the best example of this, but mm-hmm. the adults basically are able to to integrate that in with wisdom to create a what balanced would think system. That would be ideal, but we don't have any examples we of don't. that. We don't. I'm talking, like, yeah. clearly this has worked for 50 years for this culture. Well, if you think about a culture, 50 years is not a very no, long time. No, it's, it's not. It's not and, a and culture. And they've, they've quickly gotten to where the gold got, but they're not going to get any further unless they get more gold. No. They need to... So I, I love I love the scene where we watch Sam pull apart this um, uh, the thing that she doesn't know what it, oh god I just lost the name of it uh, you know the box that that uh, Marin comes over with the Nequita reactor the Nequita reactor yeah so we watch Sam not understand how this works and we watch her find different ways to get at it she uses critical thinking she uses problem solving yep. she uses different ways of learning she approaches it in different ways and she uses the resources that she has to figure out the answer to the question it's not just placed in front of her. Yeah. So you learn the value of that. You learn the value of critical thinking, the, the value of problem solving, the value of creative thinking. Exactly. And also hard fucking work. Exactly. Like just the basis of all learning <laughs> exactly. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you can hear the anger in my voice. <laughs> she's, a, she's a passion behind this. <laughs> There's so many people even in our real world now who just want the answer, who just want to be told what to do. That is not knowledge. That is not learning. That is not smarts. Exactly. That is none of those and things. And there's, there's also this concept and it fits in partly actually while she was talking I forgot what part <laughs> of this was from so I looked it up because it, there's one of part of Fermi's paradox as to why we haven't like heard from or contact another intelligent species mm-hmm. is the concept that um, and and there's been the question of it for a hundred years or so if our own human civilization will ever you know it will get past this is the concept that sometimes we don't hear from intelligent life because it's essentially destroyed itself right you know if something had happened poorly back, you know, in the Manhattan Project and right. with these atomic bombs, you know, it very realistically could have wiped out or wiped out majority of the human culture on Earth. Yeah. So if you look at this exponential rate that this culture is is advancing and if they're only going on the knowledge of it and they have no wisdom to balance it out, if they're getting close to gold level of technology and playing around with Nakoda, which we know is yeah. extremely they're in a sports powerful. car with no brakes. Exactly. Yeah. Now, they could be, they literally could be sitting on a time bomb of not having the wisdom to know how to, having the knowledge, but not having the wisdom to balance it out. And they could be any second destroying themselves. Yeah. They're they're gonna just not in a world burn war out not fast. in a world war fashion, but in a fashion of a Nakoda bomb goes off in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, there's just this amount of power, figuratively and literally, with Nakoda yeah. that they're playing with Let's that face they it, don't know enough these about. These are still an 11 year old girl playing with a Nakoda reactor. Yeah. I don't care how she, she is obviously the expert on the planet of the Nakoda reactor. But there's no experience she to put no behind experience it. She has no experience and she doesn't have the wisdom. And that is where Jack can actually take comfort in the fact that he is a lot smarter than other yeah, people. Yeah, because let's she can't, she she doesn't even understand the concept of. 
looking at the NACA reactor in a different way to figure it out when yeah. her and Sam are trying to figure it, it out. What if it breaks? What if something happens? Exactly. She's got no answer. Yeah. It's, so it's it's like a computer. It's it's like this thing where people say that, you know, computers will take over, computers are smart. There's only so much that you can give it until yeah. you can teach it to critically think and to experience exactly. and live life. That's not an option. Exactly. That's not a problem we have. No. So Anyway, it's this, this is like I said, this is the big really and even when we in this episode, we don't have a solid and we'll get to it when we yeah. get to the end of the episode, but there's no real conclusion conclusion to yeah, it. resolution. It's, it's still left as this moral question. Yeah. Obviously it gets better by the end. Yeah. Um but so back in Sam's lab, she's getting really annoyed that the reactor's not working because she's just in that frustration, the puzzle's not fitting together. She has this one piece that looks weird that's left over type thing. And Miran comes in um, and, you know, she's like, look, I need you to tell Hammond to let me return to Orban. Uh, and Sam's kind of hesitant about that because she doesn't want, you know, Marin's brain to be sucked out. Mm-hmm. And and Sam's like, look, half the interesting things didn't happen until I turned 15. And I really want to say, <laughs> I'm really hoping that majority of your interesting things in your life didn't happen until you turned 15. Especially <laughs> since you're like a major now yeah. in a Stargate yeah. like, room. Like, listen, more than half of your things <laughs> in my life didn't happen until well beyond 15. Exactly. <laughs> and I love how she's like, well, what is it? And Sam's like, I nothing. Go ask your mother. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Um, and so Miran's like, you know, if I could, I would give you one of my nanites, and you would know that everything's going to be okay. And Sam's like, that. I, no, you're. Thank yeah. you for the sentiment, but that's not going to work. Your lack for me. of wisdom gives you the peace that is not real. Yeah. Um, so, but the, it would be interesting if Sam did get one of those nanites. That would be fun. The difference is that Sam does have the wisdom. Yeah. Well, I love this idea of Sam, you know, first she had Jolinar. Yeah. I'm going to be part of her. And then the idea of her just constantly gaining yeah. all these little tools. It's like, you know, it's like going through like a D&D mission. It's like, yeah. hey, now you've earned these XP points. Exactly. Look at all she these just, XP points she's she collected. Just, she just like rolls natural 20s every yeah. time. Yeah. She's all like, give me all this stuff. Give me, give me more things. Obviously, Sam needs to roll our dice every time we play D&D no anymore. No fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they return their attention back to Sam's reactor, um, and the current is being uh, diverted before it reaches the core, and Mira knows the answer, but Sam's not going to let her just point it out. She wants to figure out the puzzle on her own, right. and she finally does. She explains to Mira that the fun is figuring out something that's been eluding you for a yes, while. Yes, that is the other part of this. It's, it's so important. It's such, it, she's like, it's so much more satisfying, but Mira points out it's not as efficient and I was like and Sam's just like that's not the point yeah. And Mira doesn't understand that that's not the point. Yeah. So Well, and- unless you felt that feeling, you don't yeah. understand how important it exactly. is. Exactly. Because there are actual human adults that I deal with on a yeah. day-to-day basis that don't seem to grasp that concept. <laughs> yeah. So Hammond calls Jack into his office. Uh, Kaylin is there to escort Mira back and be him. It's like, before you say anything, I've already agreed to this request. Daniel doesn't like it either, but Daniel now sees the effect that it's having on the Orban and her importance to them. And he's like, they're her importance as a vegetable, Jack snarks back. Yeah. Um, and Jack is having is having none of this. He's mm-hmm. like, look, the Orban, he tells Kalen, like, in his face, you don't deserve your children. Right. Um, and Jack leaves without actually getting excused. Um, and, you know, we know Jack has a soft spot for kids. Oh, so yeah. this is definitely his Achilles tendon. Yeah, this is uh, of no will, surprise to us. He will not stand for any mistreating of children anywhere. So in Sam's lab, they're able to turn the reactor on, and a burst of energy shoots out in a wave. Alarms go off all over. 
Uh, and, and Hammond quickly calls down to Sam. <laughs> Sam quickly reassures that there's yeah. no threat no, to the we're base. Good. We're good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jack just happens to lead Mirren out of the room. Mm-hmm. So Jack is taking her to the surface. There's something he wants to show her, and Mirren knows that Jack does not have permission to do this. I totally expected him to take her to meet a dog. <laughs> hang out with a dog. Dog. I don't know why. Like That's Cassie's what I wanted. Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or just to meet up with Cassie. Yep. <laughs> so on the phone, it's, I mean, Cassie has security clearance. That's true. To, yeah. to meet her. Um, but still on the phone, Hammond would like a warning before Sam activates any device with a re- reactor in it in the That's future. That's fair, yeah. Uh, just, that does make total Listen, sense. stop pulling a Homer Simpson and just pushing <laughs> buttons. <laughs> Let um, us know before we're going to have a meltdown. Hammond wants Sam to bring Mira to his office, but she's like, well, Jack just left with her. Yeah. And Hammond's like, Fuck. Yeah. And calls another number and tries I to I love that Jack. Sam's like, uh, Jack did it. Yeah. Like, she just straight up calls him out like a big brother. Yeah. Like, nope, not me. Can't get him in trouble. <laughs> not, not it. But as I say, Hammond is too late. Jack's already left. Yeah. So Jack takes Mira into a school. And as they walk up to, the, all the kids are filtering onto the playground. Um, clearly the kids know him. And he's not a playground yeah. stalker. No, he's not weird or anything. Yeah. Um, this was actually Cassie's old class. Cassie's old teacher. Yeah. And clearly Jack still stops in often. Because all the kids know him. And Fair. Cassie's off to junior high now. Yeah. So they take Mira in and they throw a ball around in a game that no one ever plays. Yeah. I was watching this going, what stupid game is this? They're literally just throwing a ball at each other, and, like, Mary doesn't know how to catch a ball, so just hits her and Let falls. me tell you that if this was a game that existed in our school, there'd be a lot more throwing it at each other's faces. <laughs> exactly. Than just, like, here, catch this ball. No. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Every sport no was... No kid was nice enough to just toss it well, it's like at people. Every sport was, a, like, a demonstration of speed and agility <laughs> and assholeness towards each other. Basically, it's just throwing people. This is how dog yeah. bombs made, guys. Just chuck it at each other's heads. Until there's one man standing. <laughs> there can be only one. So Jack is wondering if Mrs. Struble has room for another class this <laughs> afternoon. His name Struble. Um, and of course, they have art after recess. Now okay. I want Strudel. Strudel. <laughs> um, so this actually is the E. Cole Inman Elementary School. It's right down the road from Bridge Studios where they film the ah, Stargate. So cool. it's just a local elementary school they went to. Right on. So in class, Miss Trouble Inman, Ecole, Ecole, something. Isn't French I, for school? French, isn't that Ecole? There's a there is a little symbol on top of one of those ah, letters. That is yeah, a yeah. that's a French. That's a Canada. Yeah, okay. French, gotcha. French is a thing. It's up Canadian. There in Canada. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So in class, Miss Trouble says <laughs> that they can paint anything, person, object, anything you want. Some students are better at art, and therefore they get an easel, and other kids just get to sit at the desk. You are not so good at this, so here, just have some paper. <laughs> so as they paint, Jack walks around, and one kid is adorably painting Jack, and Jack proceeds to tell him that he looks a little fat. <laughs> Mirren is trying to paint the reactor, um, but because it's the only thing she's ever drawn before. Yeah. And Jack takes the brush... And, and but she's like, it's too thick to draw the wires. He's like, stop it. No. Yeah. And tears the page off and tells Marin to try it again. He's like, paint the flowers in Sam's lab. And so she goes to paint the flowers, tiny unicorn. He's like, no, bigger. No, I love this part. Bigger. I love this because as an artist, as a designer, 
you do smart with tiny things. Yes. That is just a show of your confidence. Exactly. So it's absolutely on the nose for her to draw something teeny tiny. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how you start. You're like, well, I'm not very confident in this. I'm going to make a little and see what it looks a like. A little tiny thumbnail. A little tiny thing and then over here. And then if I like it, then maybe I'll make a bigger thing out of it. So in a bit, she has the leaves perfectly drawn. But she's like, there's no purple. She's like, if I get another cup, I could mix the blue and the red and I can make purple. And Jack's like, no, make them red. She's yeah. like, but no, you said to draw the flowers. The flowers are purple. He's yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to do it accurately. Just, you don't be exact. Make it. Make it. Yeah. Make them red. Here's a bigger brush, even. Yeah. <laughs> so later on, the kids have all gone, and Mirren has painted an entire landscape, and even a little stick figure Sam. <laughs> Mirren thanks Jax for teaching her this, and Jack's like, look, you just have to say the word, and I'll figure out a way to make you stay. And mm-hmm. Mirren's like, no, I have a duty to my people, and yeah. you promised. So, back at the SGC, um, Sam's like, uh, well, we used up the rest of our Naquita, but we have a working prototype. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jack is waiting for him in the control room. He's not here to cause trouble. He gives Marin a box of crayons, the big box that we all had. Hell yes. has a sharpener in the back. All of us were looking for the one with the sharpener. Oh, yeah. I saw that box of crayons in this episode, and even then I felt like joy. Like, (laughs) it just filled my heart, and I was like, The smell of a fresh box of crayons. Oh. Yeah, that shit exists as, like, a candle. The one thing, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Um, Crayons always remind me back to the episode of Mr. Rogers, where they went to visit the crayon factory, (gasps) and you saw You watched them all come down. Crayons come down, and Perk now's like, oh, I want to get my hands yeah. into the crayons. I always remember that one, and then there was one where they make peanut butter, and I don't know if that was on Mr. Rogers or on Sesame I Street, don't remember that one as but much. they make peanut butter, and every time I think of that episode, I want a peanut butter I sandwich. watched Sesame Street, but I know I watched, like, Mr. Rogers and stuff more do, than Sesame yeah, Street. Yeah, I do remember that crayon one. That in Eureka's Castle. <gasps> Eureka's Castle. And David the Gnome. See, and I was, I think I'm a little older, so that yeah. I remember today's special. Okay, yeah. Which is a little... I also watched a lot of The Elephant Show. Oh, um, Under the Umbrella Tree? No, no, it was called The Elephant Show. I don't know that one. Well, I think... Okay, because I grew up closer to the Canadian border, it started, it's a Canadian <laughs> series. So it's, But it's the one... You know the song? It's Skinnamarink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dink-a-
this was weirder than like puffin stuff to me. Like <laughs> it was the trippiest thing I've ever There's seen some, in my life. You know, I think this must have shaped a lot of our weird minds. Yeah. Because we watch things like that, and then I remember Topo Shijo. I think he's Italian, maybe French. I don't know. He's some sort of (laughs) European. He's like a little mouse. No, he's Spanish because he spoke Spanish. At least the one I watched was Spanish. It may have been other languages. But it was like a little Muppety mouse thing. It was like very bad lighting. It was like a very bad puppet show. Wow. Yeah, but Topo Gijo. Some of you may know him, some no. of you may not. If you know him, I, I All I love know you. is my favorite girl. And he used to like wear his dad's shoes and he'd sing the song about wanting to be like his dad. <laughs> I wore sh- I wore people's shoes. My favorite growing up was Snuffleupagus. Like, hands down, bar none was Snuffleupagus. I like, I don't remember who my, well, no, it was Big Bird. It yeah, was no, Big mine Bird. was Snuffleupagus. Like, yeah. hands down, Snuffleupagus. Actually, Besides Littlefoot, if we're going to go into all worlds, <laughs> it was I had a Big Bird where you would stick a cassette tape in his butt, basically. <gasps> the, I had that. And then he would read you a book I about building that. a sandcastle with his friends. I yeah. remember. Oh, I had that so because was, I thought it was weird that I'm sticking a cassette of Big Bird's well, butt. Well, I just remember it, it was the first time I ever I, I read the word hasty, okay. and I'd never heard it before, and it sounded... <laughs> To this day, it sounds like a really weird word. It is. And I wasn't understand. I didn't understand. And, it, and there's a line where someone wants to play with him. And it's like, I'll give you my bottle caps. We can put them on the castle. <laughs> and he goes, I didn't want to be too hasty. And I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be hasty? Somebody help me. And there was no way to make sense of it in the story. And I was like, I guess it means I just, thing. I just remember it because his mouth moved yes. while he talked. That yeah. If your finger got caught in it, it actually uh-huh. kind of hurt. Yeah. It would, like, it was down pretty, yeah. Yeah. Like, that toy wouldn't exist these days. It was pretty, yeah. No, it'd be... Yeah, it'd be banned. <laughs> well, uh, that was a fun trip was... down memory lane. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam leaves Marin away, and Hammond tells him that, look, I have been more than enough to court-martial you, and Jack responds with, look, for a few hours, I let that little girl be a kid. If you want to punish me for that, go ahead. I don't give a shit. Have yeah. fun. So yeah. Marin and Kaylin head back through the gate because um, they've learned much from each other. And as she goes through the gate, she turns back and smiles to Jack. Aww. Later on, probably I think a couple days later, whatever, the team is requested back to Urban. Um, they won't say why, though. They come through. Kaylin's like, quick, quick, quick. Come, come. And they're like, is everything okay? He's like, yeah, it's great. Come with me. Watch this. <laughs> And the kids are all playing hopscotch and throwing balls and skipping rope and coloring and laughing and all. And <laughs> They're Ka- doing things. And, and Kaylin drew a picture to thank them. It looks like the stick figure Sam, but no, it's Kaylin, <laughs> of course. Yeah, God, um, duh. And, and Kaylin claims that Toman, like this, Toman is my son. And he's like, all the children are learning in the old fashioned way, as you Yay. would say. <laughs> and all of this started last night after Mirren's ovarium. And this is what she learned on Earth. And Tilk bends down to Toman, and Toman traces his tattoo in an adorable little way. And Jack heads over to where Marin is scribbling on the walls with crayons. Mm. Don't kill those crayons. She's just going it's to town. I am not someone who killed my crayons. And watching this was like, like it was like a, nails on a chalkboard to yeah. my soul. To be fair, if if you know, if we go by the science of what we established before, she's probably about three. Yeah, which is the age where you just kill the shit out of crayons. I know, but it still hurts. Yeah, uh, it's because it's on concrete too. <laughs> yeah, yeah but you're they're just like destroying those crayons. Jack is like, well, they have to get to know each other all over again, and Jack draws a face on the wall and Mirren scribbles over it and so they just start scribbling away yeah. and, and Jack's like, have you ever seen a dog? Dogs are my favorite people. I and am goes, with him. Some have tails and some don't 
And that made Kaylee Thor very happy because she is a dog that doesn't have a tail. She is no tail. She is the, the non-tail. As we pointed dog. out earlier today, because she doesn't have a tail to wag, instead her entire butt, like her entire, it goes backwards so into her body. Here's my theory. Yeah. The, the tail, the reason the dogs have tails is because they have all this energy, all this pent up <laughs> yeah. energy that needs to be turned into kinetic energy. Yep. So they let it out through their tails. <laughs> now, because Kaylee has no tail, it's got to go back in the other way. It's so her entire body waggles. So she whereas just, Stormy's like, it looks like she's just having a conniption fit. Yeah, story Stormy's tail just waggles all the time, and he'll smack you with it and not even realize yeah. it. And you're like, "Ow, oh, that's my face." Yeah. Um, poor Kaylee does not have a tail to let all that out through. Nope. <laughs> it's like a little runner on a boat. Exactly. <laughs> so, it just goes. It's her whole body just goes instead and vibrates. Oh my goodness. She tries to sit, and she literally like can't sit because she's just like Wangling moving while trying. To yeah. sit. And Either that or she's just an amazing dancer and we don't know She's a about really her. good dancer. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. next up, point of view, the 50th episode of Stargate. One I know for a fact... Grace is gonna love. Nice. I'm for well, you, you, you. It's called point of view because and of some specific reasons, which I can't say because they'd be spoilers. But yes. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say now. Yeah. Point of view. Yes. Is right up the alley of Grace's favorite things. Yes. Being perspective and adaptability. Yes. Just my favorite things in life. Yes. Um, so I'm already there. But this episode, I really love the moral aspect of it. Or, you know, the just the thought, the thinking aspect of it. And I'll yeah. say thinking because it is about the thinking process. Um, I love this idea that... Um, so, how do I word this? I don't know. There is a better way to teach... Than just info dumping. Yes, this In goes this, into like so big. Yes, so big. And the thing is, um, we do that a lot now. We do that a lot to kids now. There's all these things that we think we have to meet, all these benchmarks, whatever yep. you want to call them. And so you, we force this information to children, and but not, we have not taught them how to. Th- well, it's also the fact that not everyone learns in the same way. You know, they don't. And the thing is, and so what we're doing is we're not teaching. We're not no. teaching them to learn. We're just forcing information. We're I, just putting nanites in their brains. Exactly. I am someone who is fortunate enough that the the sort of established way of of education mm-hmm. of of kind of like info dump and learn from a book and take a test. Yeah. Worked for me. Sure. I, I was lucky enough that that was a way that my brain could process things and therefore I was fairly successful and I enjoyed yeah. school. Not everyone is like that. There are people who cannot just don't learn that way and therefore they get frustrated and therefore they feel like they don't know how to learn, which in reality they just learn in a different way and because a lot of education doesn't know how or doesn't have the capabilities because they have to be in this rigid structure mm-hmm. structure they those people kind of just those kids fall through the cracks and it's not the fact that they they aren't smart or they they can't learn it's just the fact that they don't learn in the same way that a lot of the public education yeah. well, and we're also doing a learn. disservice to our kids who do know how to learn yeah the, the traditional way exactly because we're not teaching them that way anymore we yeah. are just shoving information into their brain exactly so the kids that are really good at memorizing stuff yeah. are excelling but yep. memorization is not learning no it's not especially when you don't know how to apply it the I was a huge, huge supporter of, of critical thinking. Yes. Um, 
uh, oh, what's the other word I was just looking for? I had them on. I don't just know. A second but ago. like alternative learning is something. It's it's you know it it'd be application, critical thinking, problem solving, working through things. All these are more important than just having information in your brain, especially in an age where all information is at your fingertips exactly. at all times. In a, it's about knowing how to use it. In a perfect world, and this is not me saying that there, I know the way of doing this, mm-hmm. in a perfect, you know, mythological world, yeah, you would be able to figure out how everyone learns and be able to put people in a class with a bunch of people who learn the same way, with a teacher who's able to guide everyone who learns in that way down the road that benefits them all, and then you can can, you know, bounce around from there. Yeah. But you would have, and that way people can can learn the way that they know how to learn and the yeah. way that helps them succeed the most because not everyone learns from a book. Right. Not everyone learns from lectures and taking notes and, and a traditional class. Well, and that's all the stuff that will come when you learn to apply yourself differently. Yeah. Because one of the, one of the results of this info dump is that we... Are, are left with people who don't know how to work hard for things. Yeah. You have to be able to work hard to get at exactly. these things the way Sam works at that reactor. Yep. And then the satisfaction that she gets when she finds it is like nothing else. And again, if we don't teach we don't teach each other how to be satisfied by these things, yeah. then what are then nothing's Satisfying. Exactly. You just always want more. We exactly. become like the like the Langoliers in that Stephen King <laughs> We're just eating at everything around <laughs> us all the time, and nothing fills you. Exactly. Nothing fills so, you, and so that's how you fill that void. And and it's one of those things where you know because everyone's individual, there's no right answer. But yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. It's it's sort of one of the the hard the hard sort of things to learn is how to learn That's yeah learning how to weird. learn yeah learning how to learn so yep. it's so simple yeah anyway this is uh i really like this episode this yes. goes into number two for me number two yeah into the fire learning curve fair game and then seth slash legacy okay um but we'll see what happens next week i'm this, looking forward to uh, it i don't know where to put this one i'm gonna put this in number three okay um i do really like this one it may bump higher later on, but okay. for now it's number three for me. Fair. Done um, and done. But yeah, next week we have Point of View, and it's going to be really exciting, and it's going to be the 50th episode Yay! of Stargate. It's going to be our 50th episode 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 of, of, of actual episodes yeah. not just tangent cast exactly I'm for it yeah. episode episode thanks again everybody for listening all the time for all the things yes um, so yeah find us on Facebook uh, there's no place like Tara you can find us on Twitter Twitter at Tara Podcast you can also I'm done talking that's where I'm, you know what all those Aztec names at the beginning oh I know day. it killed me <laughs> uh, you can also email us at there's no place like Tara at gmail.com uh, and yeah, we will see you later. With the 50th. With maybe the 50th. some sort of fancy champagne cocktail. Oh no, we I already have our drink oh, for next done week. Oh, done and done. Picked out. Okay, let's it's call very this. tasty. Alrighty. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.